the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to an especially thrill-packed edition of Unite IE Radio, as we're going to introduce our guest in just a moment here. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. I'm joined by my co-host, Don Dix, uh, who uh, occasionally Brian Whitman subs for him on the morning answer these days. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, chapter leader of Act for America in Corona. And we're just going to jump right to it. Last year, there was a guest on the Tucker Carlson show who was introduced as the most hated woman in Britain. So I want to know more about her. Absolutely. Anybody yeah. that Britain hates, I want, I and, want to know. And ever since, ever since that interview, I have dreamed for the day in which we could have Katie Hopkins, the most hated woman in Britain, on our show. And today is the day. Dreams do come true. <laughs> they do. <laughs> You're so sweet, boys. But I really, people are always, when they meet me, they're really disappointed. I mean, just generally in life but also they're really disappointed because i'm so little so you know i'm only like five foot seven and and like a hundred and whatever 30 pounds and people are always like but you're so little and i was like well what what were you expecting what what why do you think i'm big and it's something to do with this reputation as being the biggest bitch on the biggest cow bag or the nastiest woman in britain somehow they imagine then you're enormous like a monster and so (laughs) they're really disappointed when they meet me because i'm just this little you know, mom of three kids who's a, a very regular person. I'm just the sort of person that you might bump into in the supermarket. Well, you so, are, um, I'm not in our supermarkets. <laughs> yeah, not in our supermarkets. You are, and I want to add to that description, you are tremendously delightful and engaging in person. We just had that lovely moment over at the Four Seasons after you spoke for the David Horowitz Freedom Center this past week, yes. which is part of the reason you're in the United States. We'll get to the other reasons, but it was, it was so refreshing to have somebody who, uh, is is really you're a great storyteller you love everything about you know the free enterprise system freedom of speech free 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 liberty and here's the country that almost birthed this country and you guys are regressing in the opposite direction and to the point to where as greg said you're you're hated for those values Yes, exactly. And and that's why it's lovely to be over here. There's a sense of being amongst something that we've lost in the UK, but that I can helpfully bring the message as someone who loves their country, who, you know, is willing to fight for their country. And I guess I, I do now in the media um, is that my message is always do not let yourselves fall as the UK has fallen and do not let yourselves become like us. I was reading a great quote the other day and someone said, uh, when the British told us to lay down our arms we shot them (laughs) and i think it's very true and i think it's something that's very you know it's a pertinent comment for right about now when you have people attacking your second amendment rights it is it is very poignant one of the go ahead greg when you say england has fallen what do you mean i think if i if i explain it probably best as a mom um i 
my children in their schools. They were in a state school system because I kind of wanted them to grow up with regular people and, you know, see that we come from all different spaces. My children, um, my girls, they were supposed to go and visit the mosque, but then they were supposed to go and visit the mosque three times in one term um, to understand Islam. And then I found in their textbooks, um, they had to study Islam and they had to understand that there was only one God and that was Allah. And then I found um, that they were going to school and they had to dress in Muslim dress for the day and cover their heads so they could experience what it was like to be a Muslim. And then on the streets of the UK, we have places where women like me, but obviously I will go, but women like me won't go, where if you walk down the street now without your head covered or without a full-length robe on, you'll be spat at. There are other places where you just wouldn't go because it's dangerous, and many of our major cities, I would suggest probably all, are worked by a network of men, mostly Pakistani Muslims in origin, who are abusing our daughters. Mm. And that's a, a country that has lost itself. And in addition to that, this is where Americans always ask one question. It's the difference between the UK and America. Americans always ask, why don't you fight back? Where are the men that will fight for their daughters and their wives? Why aren't we fighting? And it's exactly that. Instead of fighting back. What we're doing is we're told to put our heads down. We're told not to be Islamophobic. And people like me, of course, are picked off uh, and made examples of uh, for being hate speakers uh, because we try and call this thing out. And, and perhaps one of a, a, an example I could give you our BBC News, our state broadcaster, paid for by us, the taxpayer. You know, we're not, they're not allowed to use the word Muslim, and they won't use it with these uh, groomers, these people that rape our girls. They have to use euphemisms like Asian, or they use the word right. Oxford men, or men from the former Yugoslavia, it, it, which is a, it's a deceit, actually, and it, it is not journalism. This beautiful voice that you're hearing on the radio right now belongs to Katie Hopkins. You can follow her on Twitter at at sign KT Hopkins. She's got a great website as well, HopkinsWorld.com, and recently became part of the Rebel Media team. So this is this is exciting news. And you've got a book, a book that I actually got oh a copy. Don't read it. Yeah, don't read it. Well, yeah. yes. Don't you, read it. You told me not to read certain chapters yeah. when you signed it. Yeah. It's called Rude. And I told you I'm lo- looking forward to the next edition called Ruder, which which is don't read it. No, read it. so you're only allowed to read chapter four. So chapter right. four is fine. I don't mind that. That's fine. But the rest of it, honestly. You know, there's, there's Katie that steps outside her door. You know, I have a suit on, I put on my little trainers, my sneakers, and off I go and stick my nose in other people's business, and that's what I do, and that's me. Then there's this other me that's like private me, me with my husband, me with my disastrous first marriage, me with three children, and mussing up everything, and generally being a disaster in my private life. And that's the me I, I put in this book. Mm. I, I sat on my own in the dark and wrote it between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. for about six months. And then I kind of forgot that... At at some point, people were also going to read this book. So it's full of just too many truths. I've overshared massively. But one thing that I've taken from the book and one thing I love about it is that when it's, um, I go in to sign and I write little messages for people they email in, right. they're always from women or men who are sending this book to someone who's 
overcome something or who has something disastrous in their life or maybe their marriage is a disaster or they've got a health problem or they survived cancer and maybe there's something about this book is about how we can overcome all of our disasters because we've all got disasters and skeletons in our closet but we can still say no look I know who I am I'm okay with myself and I'm going to march forwards and, and I guess that's what Rude delivers behind a lot of kind of mocking of myself and it's a byline <laughs> of your book overcoming because a lot of people don't realize that you've overcome massive adversity in your life. Greg? You know, this is the most innovative book marketing strategy I have ever seen. <laughs> An author telling people, don't read, read my it. book. I know. I just, I just, please don't get it. Please don't read it. Or maybe if you read it, maybe you read it like, um, you know, when you're little, or I do it now still because I'm childish, but you know when you watch a horror movie through your fingers? Maybe read it like that with like your fingers over your eyes just so you can only see little bits of it, but not all of it. There you go. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah. One of the things that really... I. More seriously, that that I admire in your activism and in your description, I don't see you you describing yourself as an activist, which you really are, is you're not one who just, you write articles or books in in the safety of your home, go on television and give us your opinion on things. You are out there on the pointy end of the activist spear, whether it's, we'll talk about it in Skid Row in L.A., on the farms in South Africa, in the very dangerous migrant camps in Calais, in the no-go zones in Sweden, you're out there covering the stuff that the media is unwilling to. I think that's it. I think there's probably two sides to it. One, uh, I definitely have that, that kind of sense of, I know, I'll go and look, and then I'll tell people what I saw. So it probably is, is something they used to call journalism and we don't have anymore. But I just go and look and then tell people what I see, and then people can decide what they think of that or whether I'm talking nonsense or whatever. That's fine. But I went and I saw and I told you what I saw. And I think the other thing is, very often, me people like me, maybe you guys, maybe other conservatives, the left are very quick to stick a label on us. Um, Racist, I'll go through my labels, racist, misogynist, bigot, homophobe, fattist, sexist. Uh, I'm all those things. Um, I'm told I am, I'm sure. But I think by saying, okay, you stick those labels on me in order that you signpost to other people that they should ignore me or humiliate me or call me names. But if I just go see and I show you what I saw, it doesn't really matter what labels you stick on me. I'm just going to show you this stuff. And in many ways, that's much harder for people to argue with. And it's something I'm encouraging. I encourage all young people to do. You know, if you you see people and say, well, how can I do something about this? How can I make a difference? Go and go and find the quiet story. Go to your local council meeting. Go to a town centre nearby you. Look around and look. What's the quiet story? And make your own little story about that. Report on that. Because I think the quiet stories in the margins are where the realities and the truths of our ourselves and our humanity are revealed. And our, our mainstream media spends too much time, very much like my eight-year-old soccer team, all the little boys running around, all chasing the same ball because it's lazy and it's easy and it's exciting. Don't chase that ball. Stand away on the soccer pitch and find the quieter story. I think that's what we need to do. That's a beautiful thing, and I wish more journalists would do that. Now, California has the worst quality of life. A recent U.S. study uh, documents you came out here to California in order to tell a story that the journalists in this country and in Southern California are unwilling to tell. You spent some time on Skid Row. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor with Katie Hopkins and the documenting she did in in L.A.'s Skid Row, the story 
that our journalists refuse to tell. More with Katie Hopkins on Unite IE Radio after this message. From Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs both residential and commercial. More with the most hated woman in Britain after this message. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. We are back with Katie Hopkins, author of a brand new book called Rude. It's available. Don't read it. Don't Don't read read it. it. Buy it, but don't Don't read read it. it. Yes. You can buy it and then uh, stick it in your house somewhere and uh, get it wherever books are sold. Katie Hopkins has her website, hopkinsworld.com, where she documents her investigative journalists and all around great thoughts. You can follow her on Twitter at at sign KT Hopkins. And that is just KT. Her name is, of course, Katie, K-A-T-I-E, Hopkins. And Katie, it's such a pleasure to have you with us. I had the opportunity the other day to hear your firsthand report of what you experienced in L.A.'s Skid Row. Tell us how you came to want to go to Skid Row in order to document the tragic conditions that are unfolding there. Mm. I, I, you know, have been to L.A. a number of times, and I, I guess I've done what everyone's done. So people will point out or, or, as they're driving by, oh, through there, down there, that Skid Row, you don't want to go there. Or a hotel I popped into to borrow a, a map, you know, they'd even taken, um, so on their hotel map of the whole area, they'd taken a sticker of maybe the underground system or some such and stuck it over Skid Row so that a physical kind of representation of, of how we operate, actually, if we pretend it's not there, if we cover over it, um, then maybe it will go away, or, or maybe we don't have to worry about it. So I decided, right, okay, I'll go tell my truth uh, by going and having a look. So I spent two days, two nights on Skid Row, and with the people living there, about 4,000 people, I would say about 400,000 rats, uh, I'd suggest, oh within gosh. that small area. The rats now are at a population size where you can see at any given moment 10 or 20 rats, they run over your feet, they will bite really? your ankles, the fleas. Yeah, the, the, the rats... Uh, it, it is a river of rats. Um, it is a sea of human waste, sewage, and effluent. Um, and the people live amongst and in that and, and up to their knees in that at times. And the, and the pathways there and the roads are slippy with the stuff. So my sense is it was worse than I imagined. The people there, I, I think of it, the analogy I draw probably looking at them, watching them, is almost like if you were drowning at sea, you know. It, there's a certain point where you're still able to reach up 
and grab a rope or you're still able to reach up and grab a life ring or a life raft, you know, but these people aren't there anymore. They're not, they're already below the surface. They're at the point where they, they're drowning and they can no longer reach for help. So this idea that you provide them with missions, you provide them with places to get food, you provide them with opportunities to do artwork or the lamp uh, project, I understand it. But for these people, they are lost. They are beyond help. And until we take direct action and enable these people into places where they live in secure units with medical assistance 24-7, we get the military in to clean mm -hmm. that whole area. Until we take action like that, we aren't going to address this problem. And, and that's my takeaway from Skid Row and my message really to Democrats is <laughs> please stop talking about dreamers Please stop talking about sanctuaries. Please stop talking about this issue like it's a spa and it's a health resort and it's all beautiful. Go to Skid Row, stand knee deep in the stuff I've stood in, and that's the problem you need to address. So, so that's kind of my push to the Democrats and to the Democrat mayor of L.A. who's responsible for the area. And you quoted in your speech in, in L.A. recently is you were describing, you quoted a passage describing London in the 1600s and how bad it was and that was what you found there on the streets of LA today mm, if, if you go even on Wikipedia and look up London in the 1600s and read that and the slums and the slops were thrown out onto the streets and the human waste was everywhere and the rats were among the waste and then the fleas from the rats were what bit people and gave them the bubonic plague I think that is precisely the description now. London in the 1600s is precisely the description of Skid Row, March 2018. And it's the fleas on the rats that are going to spread this thing. And they don't really care about the, the fact that you live in a nice neighborhood. And those rats won't observe the fact that you've got a nice gate or nice grass. They'll come. And so I think there's a public human health hazard, a time bomb in the center of L.A., just about to go off or about to hit summer and peak population. And, I, I, you know, I think maybe at that point, the Democrats will realize this is an issue they have to address. I think there's perhaps a larger issue, and that maybe applies both in U.K. and Europe as well as here. You look at this problem, you look at what's happening with crime in the United Kingdom, where it's skyrocketing, there's not enough police, but the, and the police are focusing on online hate crimes rather than real crimes. You've got uncontrolled immigration. You've got people living like you've seen here. And the ruling class in both countries think they are morally and intellectually our superiors, but when you look at the results of their governance, it's anything but. Do you Absolutely. see that overall connection? Absolutely. And I think uh, as a general principle for me, uh, probably comes from my background in the military, but I think there's way too much tea and sympathy and tears. There's always too much taking time to understand. Understand the criminal. Understand uh, this person. Make this person into a victim of society. You know, we must embrace these people that seek to do us harm or who have dropped out from society or don't contribute. I think there's been too much of that attitude and a failure. You know, two words that have almost disappeared from our language are, you know, personal responsibility or accountability and those are the messages we need to be driving home and if people aren't responsible and can no longer be accountable then we have to take the kind of direct action that's needed to clear the problem up um, I've got to you know I don't have time and I don't think we have time I don't think the UK has time for tears and sympathy anymore you know we need to take a lot firmer stance on these issues and that's why someone like China heavily criticized often of course but someone like China doesn't have these kinds of problems because it's simply not allowed 
allowed to happen. And I think we need to take more of that kind of stance. We have too many topics to get to with someone like you that's been out and about in the world. One of them I want to make sure we get to, and then we want to wrap up with some of your thoughts about how you view where America is under the uh, new leadership of our president. South Africa. This is a story most people in the United States have no idea of what's unfolding there. Tell us, you went to South Africa. There's a, I want to say, a new government uh, or a new approach to dealing with an old issue. What's unfolding for the farmers and mostly white farmers in South Africa that you went and saw firsthand? Mm, and, and in brief, I suppose, um, yes. the most helpful outline I can give is I went to South Africa because I've been contacted so many times by uh, white farmers there who are being, I call it, genocided. They're being systematically cleansed from the land. Mm. So the black leadership, the ANC, the leading political party, has just stood up and said, yes, we are going to deliver land expropriation without compensation. And what that means is we're going to take back your land. And so that, that's being given, that's permission, if you will, for black gangs to get into white farms, to attack the white farmer and his wife and his children, and to kill them, kill their children, and get them off the land. And it sounds overdramatic, and it sounds like I'm being wildly radical, but actually the rates this year, 110 farm attacks in 2018 on white farmers, 15 murders so far. And without wanting to distress any of your listeners, you know, there's two or three hours of torture involved in these farm attacks using uh, implements, weapons, machetes, irons, hot irons are plugged in and taken to farmers' wives and their children in front of their dads in order to humiliate them. So there's this idea of vengeance as part of this as well. And the police there estimate that within three years, there will be no more white farmers Mm. left in South Africa. Tragic, of, to say the least. And I got to tell you, when you rolled that story out at the Horowitz Center the other day, I mean, I felt myself being brought to tears. You do. You're a great storyteller. You really brought it to life. And uh, the, the couple of minutes we had to give to that story were, were definitely not enough. But folks can go to your website, hopkinsworld.com, and learn more about what you saw there, the pictures, and so forth. One of the yeah. things... I'm sorry, to that point, there will be, I've just been in Canada putting it together, there will be a documentary out early summer, and that will be a 45-minute documentary, which I'm hoping to put under the noses of the mainstream, so maybe some people can start talking about it. Wonderful. One of the things that I also admire about your work, and maybe you can, how you approach this, is you have the gift or the learned ability or the combination to combine emotion and reason in your speaking which is why I find this so effective. How do you, as, as, as trying to persuade people, how do you approach that? Mm, and I think it all comes down to being a really average person. <laughs> I think it comes down to, you know, I was just this kind of kid that, you know, my dad came out of normal house. Um, we weren't rich at all. I, I grew up, I worked at, at the Wimpy, which is like a fast food restaurant chain for, for £1.40 an hour. What's that? $2 an hour when I was 14. And I worked my way up through little jobs all the way through. I'm, I'm a mum uh, with three kids. So I, I have this kind of regular person's perspective on the world. And, and that's very much how I look at stories. If I imagine myself telling a story, I, I might go and live in South Africa for three w- weeks with white farmers. And, and be detained at the border and have my passport taken and come under attack at 
speaker's corner by a group of Muslims. You know, that's my crazy life. But how I then tell that to people is I sit, I imagine myself sitting in my kitchen talking to people like me, other mums, other, mm. and, that, and that's very much how I think we can bring stories um, and make people interested in them and also make people relate to them because ultimately we all identify as mums or dads or brothers or sisters and I think we can tell the stories of our planet in that way and in that way we have our voices heard. Um, and so that's what I really try and do. Um, and sometimes it works well, sometimes I fail dreadfully, but um, that's generally my approach. Our time with you draws to a close, Katie, but you have way much, uh, so much more to share with us. Um, mo- and we've only been able to touch on it a little bit. Will you come back and dig into some of these topics further with us here on the United IE Radio yeah, Show? of course. Of course I will, any time at all. And I've also told you that I will absolutely vote for you when you stand for Congress. So the <laughs> listeners should be aware of that. She is is encouraging this is the amazing katie hopkins you can read more read about more of her work on hopkinsworld.com you can follow her on twitter at sign kt hopkins and uh watch for her new documentaries coming out on skid row and south africa katie you're a gem thank you for joining us thank you katie. thank you very much for having me thank you god bless more on the unite ie radio show when we return Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM590, The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, Call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 9 p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m., right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. We just had a very engaging moment with Katie Hopkins. Katie Hopkins, there were so many things that we wanted to talk to her about that we weren't able to get to, uh, but definitely go to her website, go to Rebel Media, look at her speech from the uh, David Horowitz Freedom Center Restoration Weekend, Greg. That was uh, a, a source of a little bit of your research for our interview with her today. That's a great speech. Something else that we did not get a chance to get to that I would have loved to have uh, spoken directly to her about and had her comment on uh, is... Is the stat is the state of speech over in Britain? Um, you know, we have the freedom of speech here. Although, you know, like every other amendment in the Bill of Rights, the left would love to strip away certain aspects of that. In fact, they've attempted to with certain aspects of getting uh, equal time on radio stations. The, the left does not like the First Amendment any more than they like the Second Amendment. This is very true, and, and, and this and this and this really is a larger theme. And, and I would encourage you to, if you can find her, and I uh, maybe we'll post we'll post the link to it. Uh, is her speech from Los Angeles uh, on March twenty seventh, and she she talks about this this larger theme. And we didn't have a chance to fully get into that in our first segment with her, our first half with her, is 
She says that coordinated by the globalists, CNN, and celebrity fools, the march should serve as a powerful reminder to all of us of the connected forces at work seeking to erode the freedoms your founding fathers made constitutionally yours. This is so true. And when you really dissect, now that we're you know, many days separated from the actual march, and we're learning a little bit about who actually organized it, that there were only 10% of the people that showed up were quote-unquote students, 90% of them were adult activists, that the underlying intention in all of this was revealed when a former Supreme Court justice this week wrote an op-ed in the New York Times calling for a, a an end to the Second Amendment. And then, of course, the media rushed in and said, well, no, 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 don't, don't reveal our secret. And I'm like, I hope they run on that this year, which I don't know if they will or not, but that would be a that would be a gift to us on the right if they would actually declare their true intentions on everything, as you say, from speech to the Second Amendment. Oh, yeah. There, anyone who seriously looks at it, honestly looks at it, can have no doubt that their end goal is the total abolition of the private ownership of guns in America like it is mostly in, in Europe. And we, and I, we mentioned with, with Katie is that even though guns are essentially totally outlawed in United Kingdom, in England, their crime rate is rapidly, rapidly increasing. There's, more, there's a higher crime rate in London than there is in New York City. And that's somewhat due to the fact that they've been so open to bringing in migrants with different cultures. Now, there you go with the euphemisms. Yes. Asian men, as she said. Oxford men. Oxford men. That was another description that's used in the British media for the... These people doing the sex, everything from sex grooming to clamping down on freedom of speech. But there's a there's an area that is often regarded as the birth of free speech called Speaker's Corner. And the term soapbox actually comes from Speaker's Corner because people would literally take boxes that were used to ship soap in, take them to Hyde Park, Speaker's Corner, and stand on the boxes so as to gain a slight advantage over the people around them. And then they would just launch into their free speech. And this was kind of... Karl Marx spoke in Speaker's Corner. Vladimir Lenin spoke in Speaker's Corner. But now there were some people that wanted to come in, some activists, uh, I forget her name, Pettibone, anyway, um, and others... Laura Southern, and they were denied entry into England. Yes, and even a Briton, uh, a Brit, Tommy Robinson, was uh, denied the opportunity to speak in Speaker's Corner. Why? Well, it seems like they've got a little bit of a different view of the rising popularity of Islam in Britain and the way that it's being implemented, which, which Katie hinted at in her uh, opening remarks with us. So she did, and it's it's beyond here in America. You know, you know, they may they may sneer at you, they may take your posts off of social media, but over there, you can be criminally prosecuted. Now they haven't, they don't, you don't go after prominent people like Katie Hopkins, although she has been interviewed by the police, quote under caution because of what she's written and what she said. But usually they don't go after the prominent people. It's the guys like you and me. The few, the few people have heard of that they'll go after. And in fact, they've even, while crime is increasing and they're short of police, they're making a priority to prosecute people for what they say. 
Her article entitled, I went to Speaker's Corner on Sunday for one reason, because others could not. She goes on to describe, ask regular Brits if they feel free to speak their minds. Ask them whether they can say what they really think on anything from trans rights to immigration. They will laugh at your face. What does it matter as we speed ever faster down the slippery slope to complete oppression of individual thought? is that medieval blasphemy laws have been de facto reinstated, even though they were abolished under Section 79 of the Criminal Justice and Immigration Act of 2009, apparently as one uh, journalist who was going to Britain to speak at Speaker's Corner had commented, is Allah gay? That was sufficient enough for the Home Office to prevent them from entering the UK in order to better protect the feelings of in in air quotes here, local communities. Right. Whenever you hear terms like that, these are these are cleansed statements to hide the underlying truth. Local communities is uh, PC's talk, if you will, for communities uh, made up of uh, Middle Eastern and Southeast Asian Muslim populations. Right. Europe has experienced mass Muslim immigration, and we see that they by and large, are not assimilating. They are becoming more, each, the, the, the younger generation is becoming more Islamic, more jihadist, rather than, than, than their parents' generation who, who immigrated here. And in, part, and in part, that's because parallel to this, this mass immigration, is the left is undermining belief in our civilization, in Christianity, in our countries, in our history, so there's no, there's no countervailing belief system. There's nothing that says, during the 19, circa 1900, mass immigration into America, there were these very strong cultural forces in the schools, in the culture, in the entertainment, in the churches, to make out of all these people that were coming into America at that time into an American identity. And it's just the opposite now. If you, if you, if you send your kids to a government-run school, they're going to learn about how bad America was, or how bad how bad England was in its history. Exactly right. We have many examples that have unfolded since Donald Trump has taken office that has exposed the agenda of the left, the progressive left, the Marxist, statist, communist left here in this country. And folks, if you want to preserve everything that Greg so eloquently enumerated, that American identity, the identity that was birthed into the DNA of this country, you got to stand up now. We have, uh, we, we've, we've, I, I've lost track of the different ways I've tried to express this, except the final clarification, if you will, of where we stand, even with Donald Trump in office, is that we are at war in this country. We are at cultural war. We are at uh, ideological war. We have never been more divided. We have never been more, um, you know, the, the left's agenda has never been more exposed than it has over the last year and a half as they have come out of the closet. Donald Trump has peeled back the protective layer under which this infestation of rats has lived and now we need to stand up. This is an election year. This is a midterm. It's incredibly important that we get active in supporting local candidates that can make a difference. Wouldn't it be great for a Sean Flynn or a Kimberlyn Brown 
or a Aja Smith or a, a Billy Asaley or any of these folks that are challenging Democrats in their home turf to take office and push back on the threat of losing the majority in Congress and the threat of the Democrats, particularly the progressive Democrats, taking the supermajority back in Sacramento. Roseanne Barr's show re-aired for the first time in 20 years this week. And in an interview with Jimmy Kimmel, she probably said it best that in this era, um, she is for Donald Trump. She wants to see the United States succeed. Um, she is she, she is a practical uh, expression of that. And 19 million people tuned in to watch that re that that new airing uh more people than tuned in to see stormy daniels right and it was, it was just it was a record or near record and more than that is it cratered in new york city and los angeles exactly in, in, right in these liberal hubs but still did outstandingly well overall nationwide because the center of the country politically as well as geographically the culture, I mean, the, the people that are still, that still believe in the country there. Still, they, they get up and go to work every day, send the kids to school, uh, not regular school. They can't afford the expensive private schools. Those people, those whose jobs are lost because of bad trade deals, whose jobs are threatened by mass immigration. Those people are, those, they're out there. Highest ratings in the country, I think. Oklahoma, yeah. right? Yeah. You talked, you, you talked about this, this war, and, and elections are certainly very, really important. You know, who, who, who wins the elections? But it's, it's so much broader than that. It's, you mentioned the cultural, economic, social, religious. Andrew Breitbart described this as the long war for the soul of America. And this war is as or more important to the future of the country as any war we fought with the military. And in this war, every patriot, every American who loves this country must be a soldier. And your opportunity to take that place comes up on April 8th. It's the fifth annual Unite IE Conservative Conference. This weekend, you can still get tickets. Don't wait till the last minute. We are very near selling out on our VIP tickets. We're, uh, we've only got a couple of hundred general admission tickets left. Those could be gobbled up next week. We know... Uh, from doing a bunch of these that the last minute rush is legitimate and i think this year uh it's going to be real don't wait get With your Dr. tickets Sebastian gorka is our as our keynote speaker at the vip luncheon that's right we have uh travis allen john cox is now confirmed so we have the two leading republican gubernatorial candidates and as well as we have um larry elder and Larry, if you listen to it, Larry, he's on at 3 o'clock out here. starts at 3 o'clock. Wonderful. Great. I mean, the amount of facts this guy has. And I love his saying, facts to a liberal are like kryptonite to Superman. That is a wonderful saying. And Evan Say It opens up the afternoon session. He's got a brand new monologue that you are going to want to hear. It'll fire us up for the afternoon session after the VIP lunch. So get your tickets. Go out to am590.info. That's am590.info. Click on the banner. It'll take you right to the uh, landing page. There's a place to click below for register now. Get your tickets. And more importantly, if you've already gotten your tickets or you're about to get them, Buy a ticket for someone else who sits 
who 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 loves to complain about who we share the same ideologies, the same uh, worldview. They're complaining about what they see, but not doing anything. This conference will motivate them to get involved. We need people to help push some of these candidates across the finish line. We will be back with more here on the Unite IE Radio program after a message from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Rush Limbaugh said that only Donald Trump can destroy his relationship with his supporters. The media didn't make Donald Trump, and for all of their harangue and fake news and hyperventilating, the media the, the media can't do that. Only Donald Trump can do that. And a question arises, and I'm seeing a lot of comments from our activists and people that we know online, is did Donald Trump, by signing this $1.3 trillion omnibus bill that does not provide funds to for the wall or to secure the border, and a lot of other bad things in that bill— has Donald Trump severed the relationship with his supporters? I think there are people out there that are incredibly disappointed with this because that omnibus bill essentially represents a uh, uh, a, a departure from his campaign trail rhetoric about Planned Parenthood, about the wall about um, a couple of other topics that he, you know, funding sanctuary cities. And those are legitimate complaints. But I think in as much as we can uh, be upset about that, are we more upset than Donald Trump himself was upset? Was Donald Trump snookered a bit on this? Did he expect a Republican-led Congress and Senate to represent his agenda better? And did they put him in a no-win position by sending a bill to him on Friday afternoon, the day that the government was going to shut down if it didn't get signed, and leaving town in the process so where he couldn't call them back in, essentially, to say, you work over the weekend to fix this or else. And, uh, you know, so was Donald Trump put in a no-win situation here? Well, oh, and the border wall funding, of course, was the main issue. Oh, certainly, it's more than just the border wall funding. There were not money, there's not money for adequate border patrol agents for detention facilities. So, because you have to have a place to keep these people, the illegal immigrants, otherwise it's catch and release. If there's no place to put them, it's catch and release. Right, and that's and that's unfortunately still going on for that very reason. But what people on our side don't appreciate and no one's really tried to work through is okay suppose donald trump had said i'm going to veto this bill unless it has money for the wall 
money for 5,000 more Border Patrol agents, money for this list of things to secure the border. Right. How do you get from that point, or actually vetoing the bill, to getting a better spending bill? Because in the Senate, you are still subject to the filibuster rule. Right. There's 51 nominal, and I say nominal, Republicans. That includes people like McCain, Flake, Collins, Corker, and a lot of other Republicans that don't want to secure the border, and they still they don't want to get rid of the filibuster rule. Right. So what you so to to get a better bill, what Donald Trump would have had to have done is on threat of a, a shutdown or an actual shutdown, force the Republican senators to pass a spending bill on majority vote, which they could do. But would they? Would they do what they don't want to do? Both the filibuster, getting rid of the filibuster, and securing the border. Or would they – so there's a big gap between just vetoing the bill and getting what you want. Now, I think that at some point, Donald Trump is going to have to make that stand. Otherwise, he will, we will never secure the border because the Republicans are not going to get to 60 votes in the Senate. Right. And even if you did, you still have these liberal Republicans like McCain, Flake, Flans, Corker, who don't want to secure the border. Yep. So – does Donald Trump do what some people are talking about, declare the border a, 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 a national security threat due to the drugs that are crossing, due to the other than Mexicans that are crossing, due to the fact that as people do come across the border, they became they become a financial burden and, you know, a sound uh, a financially sound America or not is a national security threat. We got to be able to pay our bills. Does he dip into military money in order, under that argument, in order to fund the wall uh, and, and and build it using the Army Corps of Engineers? There'd be a question, perhaps, whether they can build a wall and look, you have to look at the language in the bill and whether that applies just to one set of money or apply to defense money. So there's a question whether he can legally do that. And if he, if he tries to do that, the Democrats will run to court. And I'm sure you'll find some liberal judge. All, all they do is find one liberal judge somewhere in the country to issue an injunction. But which, so I'm, I'm all in favor of it. But what you could do is to say, tell the military, we're being invaded. All the problems you just mentioned. Secure the border. And there's all sorts of things they can do in addition to or other than you send the military the down there, send the National Guard down could, there. Yeah, and, and in particular, I'd love to see him send the California and New York National Guards to funny. the border. Really? <laughs> call them up. Yep. And your job is to back up the border patrol, provide them logistics and equipment and detention facilities. Go build the detention facilities, build, build tent camps if you have to, to hold them. So he could do all he could do all those things. Tell the Coast Guard because there's a problem with them uh, the illegals coming around and landing in Southern California. Tell the Coast redeploy the Coast Guard. Stop that. Stop from stop from happening. So there's also things you could do with the military, even if you technically legally couldn't build a wall, and you may be able to that. Tell the Army, okay, don't build a wall. Build a 50 foot high dirt berm on the border. It's not a wall. It's a, it's a dirt berm. We're we're just piling up dirt. So, so there's all sorts of things that the military could help do to secure the border. I and absolutely would like to see him do it. Immigration became a hot talking point this week in California as Orange County 
joined Los Alamitos, well, sort of, in pushing back on the sanctuary status bill for the state of California, SB 54. We'll talk about that. We'll remind you about the Unite IE Conference as we return from our break. After this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the radio show for the most important political office, which is the sponsor of the most important conservative conference to happen here in Southern California, which will happen on April the 8th, Sunday. VIP session opens at 11. General session opens at 1. You can get your tickets at am590.info. That's am590.info. They're not going to remain for sale for long. This is the Saturday before the weekend of the conference, so basically... Basically, you got the first part of next week. Get your tickets. Don't wait because they're not going to be on sale forever. Right. And go to am590theanswer.com. Click on the rotating banner. And just to remind everyone, we got keynote speaker, Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Worth it makes, him alone makes it worth the price of admission. Plus, we have Larry Elder. We have uh, Travis Allen. John Cox has now agreed to come in. So you got the two leading Republican candidates for governor are going to be there. And, and, and other things in the United IE groups will be there. You can connect with them and learn what they're doing for the, for the MAGA cause and how you can help out. We talked about earlier this long war for the soul of America in which we are all soldiers in this political and economic civil war. And what's amazing to me is here in California, we see people standing up. It started with the city of Los Alamitos, opted out of this illegal, unconstitutional sanctuary state bill that protects criminal illegal aliens over Americans. Uh, Los Angeles County, the sheriff is now, well, he's not officially cooperating with Orange Orange County. Orange County. County, yep. But is posting... Here's the release dates of all, of all prisoners. Right. Look in there to find the illegal ones. And Travis Allen has jumped on board this issue. And I would just encourage you to participate. He's got a petition out. Sign that petition. Add your name to the growing list of people that are going to encourage their cities to join Los Alamitos. This is a very tangible way for us to push back on the progressive agenda coming out of Sacramento. The other tangible way, join us on April 8th for the 5th Annual Unite IE Conservative Conference. That's going to do it for another week on Unite IE Radio. We'll be back next week at 4 o'clock. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.